0: And welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice! Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great for a reason that I will shortly reveal to the audience, and it's not... Because I'm on my third White Claw. It's something else. The reason that I am so excited today is that we have, filling in for our normal co-hosts, we have Imagine Me and Utena all-star guest returning for this episode of Yuri Kuma. Hi, Cassie! Hi! Hey, it's me.
1: Uh, I'm Cassie. I'm Alice's uh, officially wife now. We literally yeah! just got the document signed by... An ordained minister named Panda. That's me. <laughs> it's it's you. It's you. I have been on the show before. At time of recording, uh, I played Umiko on the Big Eyes Small Mouth Utina campaign that we did, and I am also Alice's co-host and co-creator of our new podcast, Big Steppy.
0: Yeah, I love Big Steppy.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you do. You're the editor. You're very, very <laughs> the only reason we sound good.
0: <laughs> before we get started. I want to know your history with Yurikuma Arashi. How did you get started watching it? and What was your first experience like?
1: For the first time, and no other times that I've told this story to you. <laughs> um, so when I first watched Yurikuma Arashi, it was quite a few years ago. It was when Yurikuma first came out. I watched it as it was being simulcast. And I had no idea what I was watching, but it awakened a lot of feelings in me. Uh, at the time, that was 2015, so it was before I had even started my own transition, I was watching Yurikuma, and you can imagine what a closeted trans lesbian watching this show might be thinking and or feeling, you know, for
0: yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: But my first watch through of the show, uh, I was kind of not sure how to think about it, for about the first six episodes. And then we hit, fortuitously enough, and we did not even plan this. It just kind of turned out that way. Episode six of Yurikuma, um, The Moon Girl and The Forest Girl, was the episode that kind of like made the series go, oh, that's what this is going for, for me.
0: Yeah, I really like this episode. I'm super excited to get to it.
1: (laughs) Uh, It is by far, I think, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite episode, because there are Multiple episodes that really should claim that title, uh, including an upcoming one, which I will, if I end up being on to talk about that one, I will be very excited. But it is probably uh, up there in my top X, co-starring with many others. It's very good.
0: Tell me about how you and Alice watched this together for the first time.
1: Uh, It started with me, a newly out trans person. Talking to Alice, who is also, at the time, I believe you were very, very newly out. Extremely, yeah. Like, newer than me, which was saying quite a bit at the time. And I just went, you have to watch this show. (laughs) Because I knew she was on a podcast for Utna. And I said, you have to watch this show. It's by the same director. You'll love it. And I gave her no context. I just let her go in blind.
0: (laughs) And Alice, our dear daughter of a preacher man.
1: Yes, I, I sent a PM back this. in
2: response, and it was just like, "Hi, yeah, what the fuck?"
0: <laughs> was- what does this mean? Reaction. I,
1: I, I should have gone back and found the text for that PM because that would be great to read live on air. Oh, that would have been uh, so I don't good. even know if I still have it, but it it was very much literally that. Just
2: what Incredible. did you make
1: me watch? And uh, as we kind of went on, I tried to... Watching it again myself for that particular watch-through was really fun because I got what the show was going for a lot better. So I went into the early episodes going like, oh, yeah, this is what this is setting up. And Alice goes in and she gets to have the exact experience I did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like three episodes in, PMing back like, what the fuck? This is way hornier than I expected it to be.
1: <laughs> they let this be on TV? I, 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 I probably at the time in fairness, like things that you should probably think about before you throw blind on your ace girlfriend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yurikuma. Yeah, because Yurikuma is oh boy, yeah, it's very 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 horny. It sure is a
1: way. I, I have joked before uh, with Alice that this is one that like clicks with me better than her because she says i But that's not quite true. What what really is happening here is probably more likely like my aesthetic tastes trend toward the like I will unironically like retweet VTubers thing and Alice <laughs> trends toward the um I don't understand the kids these days. I just
2: think that Yuri Kuma is very pog champ.
1: <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs>
0: Well, we've got the episode title now. (laughs) Alright, so another thing. Before we start, I know that this may be a question that might involve spoilers, so just try to be, like, if it does, try to be as vague as you possibly can. Who's your favorite character?
1: Oh, Ginko, easily. Yeah? Yeah. Why's that? Ginko is the dumb idiot, like... Ginko has an interesting arc in this show, but... The fundamental core of it is she's a dumb teenage girl with a crush that's way too big for her to handle, and no one helping her deal with it.
0: She's baby.
1: She is very baby, and like, I I won't get into specifics because that would actually constitute spoilers, but if you track her arc through the whole show, she is consistently probably the most wholesome character other than Kureha, who is my runner-up, which... It's good, because that means the romantic leads of the series are my my two favorites.
0: <laughs> and boy, we are going to get into that this episode, huh?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: All right, so as we previously said, this is The Moon Girl and The Forest Girl, episode six of Yurikuma Arashi. Are y'all ready to start? Oh, yeah. All right, let's make sure that this has subtitles. Yurikuma The bear. Side of the bear. So, we pick up, basically, at the end of the last episode, Ginkgo got caught in a bear trap.
1: And this happened.
0: It's, uh, Kauru set the trap. Yup. And Lulu is doing her little, in the beginning we hated you and then we loved you narration. And then we see Kareha, and she's got the envelope that- Sumika gave her. Sumika gave her.
2: I'm so unused to the English voices-
0: I know, it's weird, isn't it?
2: It is. It's very bizarre.
0: I like the English voices fine, but, like, the Japanese is better.
1: I'm just gonna groove out a little bit to this opening.
0: This opening fucking rules. Just Yannick symbolism.
1: We love to see
0: it. Oh my god. Ikuni sure does like feet. Why do you have to say that? Because he does. (laughs) I mean, you're right, but, like... Why? look I don't like it any more than you do as anime journalists we are here to tell the truth I'm sorry like
1: you say that like you don't like it at all and I'm over here like thank you you were a man of culture
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like them and I like how cute this opening sequence is but I just don't I don't uh, vibe like personally with with feet it's okay for other people (laughs) just not for me (laughs) Look, it's it's just really cute. Like They are so thing. cute. This opening is so cute. I know that it's like very like objectify-y, but it's also fucking cute as fuck. Also, that's kind of- I'll, I'll allow this point. series to be
1: objectifying because that's kind of what it's about.
0: <laughs> so we're seeing a flashback to Sumika writing the letter. And we're going to find out how she met Kureha.
1: I love the little flashback transitions in the show as an aside. It's so
0: good. The
1: the fact that they add the crank winding backward sound effect every time yeah. is what makes it work.
0: So Sumika has lost her hair clip and everyone and very is very upset about at her it.
1: Because
2: she is Everyone's
0: gray. looking at her because they're mean.
2: Because they are grey and she is not.
0: And Kareha finds the hair clip and gives it back. And Sumika fell in love instantly. She says it meant the world to her. I love the continued
1: theme, by the way, of the fact that Kuriha is almost always more clothed than everyone else in the scene with her. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone else in the show has bare legs, and she's one of the only characters who wears heavy stockings. I had noticed that.
0: Sumika is reminiscing about them getting soaked, trying to protect the garden, and they're sitting under a blanket together in front of the fire.
1: Yep. Also notably, one of the- very few scenes in the series where I can think of where Kureha is not fully clothed. Oh, yeah. This is one of the first scenes where like she's being like physically Marvel. intimate with someone else, yeah. Mm-mm.
0: And they're talking about a book, The Moon Girl and the Forest Girl. That her mom wrote. It. Yeah, her mom wrote it. And it's the
1: only copy left. It was never finished, yeah.
0: <laughs> Crank sound effect again! They're gonna read it. Sumika's gonna read it. And it's the story of... The moon girl and the forest girl. And the forest girl has, like, a little bear, like, head and arm dress, and I love it.
1: Uh, Notably similar, though less sexualized, to what Ginkgo and Lulu wear when they're certified.
0: Yeah. The moon girl sent a sparkling star down to the earth in the forest, and it showed the forest girl that there was an amazing world beyond what she could see.
1: Also, like, note that the moon girl has a flower headdress, which I believe actually is a, uh, a camellia flower, mm-hmm. and a skirt made of trees. Yes. So she has a lot of visual elements directly connecting her to the forest.
0: Yeah, this is very, this is very storybook, and it's very cute. Also, uh, remember that name Lady Kumaria?
1: that they are praying to in this story to find a way to cross the barrier.
0: Well I know Kuma means bear, so
1: yeah. they're they're literally praying to the bear goddess. Also, the bear costume includes like a cute little uh flow-y skirt that looks like
0: clouds. I love it. Yeah. Like I they're visually cosplay,
1: kind of meant to be.
0: We see a silhouette of Kamaria. Hey and look at Sailor Moon. These, these big boys yeah, yeah, she's basically Sailor Moon.
1: Draw an entirely silhouette.
0: The Moon Girl and the Forest Girl are praying to Kumaria to let them be together.
1: There is one way to make your wish come true.
0: They have to meet at the door to friendship. And if their love is true, your friend will be waiting for you. When you see her, you have to give her a promised kiss, and then your wish will be granted. Kumaria asks them if their love is the real thing.
1: Yep. Notably, that is also, again, the question that Ginkgo's asked every time she's certified, essentially. Mm-hmm.
0: When each of them approach, it's like they're on two sides of a mirror. Kumaria says you have to smash the you in the mirror to bits to give your friend the true love's kiss. Yep. But if they fuck it up, they'll die. Oh, and she yep. has a gun now. Yeah,
1: that's what to say. saying. The gun that's suddenly in the hands of the forest girl is very interesting.
0: The moon girl.
1: Or the moon girl, thank you.
0: But before, uh... Kureha's mom got to finish the book. She was killed by a bear.
1: R.I.P. So Kureha asked Sumika what she would do.
0: Kureha says that she would break it. Yup. She, she. She says she would do anything to prove her love is true, and she touches Sumika's hand with her hand.
1: So there we there we have like some interesting stuff going on.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. want to pause it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: it it's a Japanese folk story.
0: Yeah. Oh yes.
1: Uh right. I actually did a little bit of uh research because my brain Ooh. kind of uh hit a trigger here. This is kinda similar to this story's not unique to Japan, but I'm most familiar with the Japanese <laughs> version of it. Have you ever heard of the uh Tanabata Festival?
0: Uh yes, I have. I don't know a lot about it though. So
1: Tanabata is always held on July 7th, seventh day of the seventh month. And it is officially a festival There's a lot of cultural ties to it, but the important thing for the purposes of Yurikuma and why I'm making this connection is Yurikuma is kind of playing off the fact the legend of Hikaboshi and Orihime, who were uh, a god. Yep, the god and the goddess who fell in love, were married, and neglected their duties. And so the ruler of heaven separated the two uh, onto two opposite sides of the Milky Way, and they can only meet when the Milky Way River is peaceful enough to cross. So it's said if they are raining, if it rains on July 7th, they can't cross, and the rain is their tears.
0: Yeah, I know about this... Because of Animal Crossing? There's an Animal Crossing event for Tanabata and you can get like an outfit that is like representative of each of, I don't remember their names, you just said it. Hikaboshi
1: and Orihime.
0: Yes, and you can get like a little uh, Tanabata tree with like the little paper.
1: I don't know if it's like a particularly important connection and it might just be kind of a thing that It's reminding me of more than something intended. I mean,
2: it's definitely there.
1: But yeah, the fact that it's literally two people separated by heaven, that you've got some of that going on there, always kind of uh, makes me jump. And yeah, notably, it's one of the oldest cultural stories, not just in Japan, but because there's versions of that story that show up in China and I believe the Korean Peninsula as well. Uh, I want to say Thailand as well, about separated lovers.
0: Yeah. I love that. I didn't realize that this was related to that, but once you once you spell it out, it actually makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know if- to be clear, I don't know if Ikuhara meant it to be related to that, but I can't help but kind of read that in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel- I mean, Ikuhara does a lot of referencing and, like, allusion to other things to make his point, so, like, I have no doubt that this was intentional.
1: Yeah. I also just- Again, wanna stress because I didn't actually bring this up the first time I watched it uh rewatched it last night actually. But I, I really love the uh the details on the forest girl and the moon girl's outfits that tie them to each other. They're so cute. Yep. Also, just for double points love that Kureha has a camellia flower on the moon girl has a camellia flower. It's obviously Kureha. She yeah, it's a,
0: obviously Ginkgo and Kureha.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Kureha has a camellia flower on her head because that's literally what Tsubaki means.
0: Oh yeah! I love
1: um, that. Fun fun story. Do you know what Subaki mean, or Camellia means in uh, Japanese flower language, or what it's I don't. With? What does it mean? Camellias are survivors, and they are lonely. Aww. So the camellia flower blooms late into the year, uh, later than a lot of other flowers. In fact, so it's often associated with loneliness and with hardiness. So her name is kind of a hint that she is someone who has survived losing multiple loved ones. Yeah. Yep. That just hit me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna- God, this show's good. (laughs) I'm just gonna let that one ride. There's a
2: lot going on here. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. But now we have to exclude someone.
0: It's time I have never seen this scene in in English. It's time to find out why we build the wall, my children. (laughs) Did we build the wall to text about our friends?
1: Phantom (laughs) Wuthering. (laughs) I love the little title cards at the bottom.
0: So it's the, what are they called? The Storm? The Invisible Storm. The invisible, storm. invisible Storm. Yep. And they're talking about who's going to be set up to be the next... Yeah. Traitor? I don't understand because what's going on, but I assume that I'll have a better with idea.
1: With uh, she deli- She also did not vote for anyone else, notably. Sumika votes for herself instead. Aww. You have been voted off the island. You have posted cringe and you will be we excluded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she writes a happy birthday letter to Kareha.
1: So she is afraid that even if she makes herself the target of the invisible storm, they will target Kareha as a way to punish her.
0: Mm-hmm. kauru meets her outside the lily garden. Kauroo was apparently going to give Kareha the letter, but Sumika wants to hold off until Kareha's birthday. And we find out that Kauroo is going to be Kareha's new friend. After they get rid of Sumika, I don't really get all this. But you know what? You'll I'm It'll here. make sense in a minute.
2: I mean, I guess the idea is that Kuriha is chosen because she's not connected herself to the storm. And that if they can connect her to the storm through another person, then she's not on the list anymore.
1: Kinda. It's I actually guess. a little more complicated than that. So she's being targeted for her relationship to Sumika. So Sumika is arranging for a way for Kureha not to get hurt by the storm.
0: What do y'all mm. think
1: that means is in the letter?
0: Well, I've already seen the episode, so I do know what's in the letter. Yup. Sumika says she promises to never back down on love. Love bullet! Yuri Kamada, I
1: just love the eye catch, I'm sorry.
0: Everybody forgets the love bullet.
1: Yup. And now we see an the empty bear trap. large bear trap.
2: Oh my and... god, I just realized. that's that's Akio and, um, what's his name? Red Boy. Toga. Toga. Yes, uh, Kaoru is being is shown
1: bad. in a in a bed very similar to the one Akio and Toga. God, I love Lulu! Lulu just puts on some shades and throws down a flashbang that she has because she's a badass.
0: And we see Kaoru has clearly been in a, an intimate situation with, uh, Someone. Someone who we haven't seen the face of yet. Someone who's significantly taller than Kaoru. And Kauru's doing a blushy. Oh no, I think I know who it is! No! No! I'm gonna keep that, Um, even though it's very obvious, I'm gonna keep that right here in my chest until it's revealed <laughs> and then I die. So, uh, the bears are gone because of Ginkgo getting caught in the bear trap. And Lulu's trying to, like...
1: Nurse her back to health.
0: Nurse her back to health. But Krayha doesn't know that. And she's actually kind of sad that they're gone. And (laughs) Lulu says the best line, which is, how did she even know we were bears? I love her voice so much in English. Oh, my God. Lulu's English dub voice goes off. Gotta love
1: the Yuri friends on that on that postcard or the, the Yeah, we photo. see
0: uh, Principal Reza Hawkeye again in her office. <laughs> yeah. And she's thinking about how she was gay for Kureha's mom. And then we see Kureha again. And we see the flashback of Sumika giving her the letter, but telling her she can't open it until her birthday. is asking Kureha about the time when Sumika dropped her hair clip. Kauru says that Kureha's not like the rest of them because she picked up the hair clip, I guess. Yeah. She's talking about how the world is cruel and Kareha hasn't lost hope yet.
2: Something about her gives me the, makes me think of that Pro-ZD thing about, this world is imperfect. <laughs> but the obvious the obvious villain about to betray you. Lysandroth, yeah. no! Lysandroth.
1: She even looks like Lysandroth. love those carved ram's heads in you know, that water feature. I don't know why, I just love them. I do love it. It's a big beautiful fountain. Big gay beautiful fountain. Kauru, stop fake apologizing about this birthday, you piece of gar I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I hate her so much.
0: Kauru's awful, but she's also hot, so I do like her. No.
1: No, I refuse. Her, she-
0: You're valid. I hate her. We see a black lily.
1: Yep. Yep. And, the black uh, lily bloom.
0: Ginkgo has sat up suddenly and there, she and Lulu are both in bear form. Oh, and Lulu's freaking out. Because she loves Ginko so much.
1: Oh, and it's time for a bear challenge.
0: I love that. Answers the phone as a bear. Ginko just remembered that it was Cray House birthday.
1: It's just lovely the real thing.
0: Yeah, they're getting a call from the bear court guys who are on top of a bunch of
1: beams for some reason.
0: Yeah, steel girders. Uh,
1: specifically, they're on construction happening over the top of the wall of severance, which is why they're there.
0: Yes. I can't imagine it's easy to operate a phone when you have those big bare hands.
1: (laughs) The Shabbatadu does not work nearly as well in English.
0: It's still funny, though. It is incredibly funny. So it's the birthday ceremony at the Lily Garden. I keep wanting to say Rose Garden. And everybody showed up with candles! Not creepy at all. Everyone says happy birthday
1: they're going to start clapping now and say congratulations. Big be... energy.
0: So it's time to read Sumika's letter. It says "Kureha, the girl standing in front of you is your new friend. But what does this mean?
1: Exactly what
0: it says. Kauru says it's Sumika's breakup letter to her. Her final present to Kareha was for Kauru to be Kareha's friend I guess.
1: Yes. Which now kind of links together what was happening earlier. Yeah. Sunika was going to fake break up with Kureha and let Kaoru comfort her, essentially. Yeah. And it seems a lot like Kaoru may have talked her into that.
0: Yeah. To set this shit up.
1: Because they're about to set some shit on fire. <laughs> love that use of lighting to make mark her <sighs> evilness. Also, I love that they yell happy birthday as they're setting the lily field on fire.
0: So it's the time has come for them to exclude the evil- and I guess the evil doesn't get to have any friends, and she's gonna be crushed by the invisible storm as punishment. And Kareha faints, kind of. Well, no, she just falls to her knees. I thought she was gonna pass out. Yeah. Oh, now everyone's clapping. So Kauru has double crossed her. Yup. And she takes the letter and that Sumika wrote and throws it in, into
1: the burning. Throws
0: garden. it into the fire.
1: What a jerk. In that letter, Sumika also apparently said something about wanting to always see Kureha's smile, even at a distance. Mm -hmm. And Ginko, like a goddamn hero, shows up and leaps into the fire to save the letter.
0: She crawls through the fire, she grabs the letter, the invisible storm vacate.
1: Because they know she's a fucking bear.
0: Yeah, and Ginko says she'll never back down on love. And Lulu's like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> she says, Lulu would have really killed you if you would died this time. Yep. And Lulu says that Ginkgo did it because she loves Kureha. Look at what she's done for you. And Lulu hands her the lightly singed envelope. Lulu tears tear opens it again, and she reads it again.
1: The girl standing in front of you is your new friend. It's Ginkgo! And it's Ginkgo. And Lulu. And Lulu, yes. But yeah. mostly Ginkgo. We would need to wait and for, like, the, the next Ikahara series to really get a, um, a series that just celebrates, uh, polyamory.
0: Yeah, that's true. I thought we were gonna get that with, uh, <laughs> with Sarah and
2: The dancing bear is so good.
0: I, gosh, I love this episode, guys. It's, it's my favorite. This episode rules. Uh, do not
1: close the episode out, by the way. There's more to come.
0: Yes, I know.
1: Yeah, no, I was just letting there, out. There's just,
0: a uh, post post credit sequence. Yeah,
1: yep, yeah. I I absolutely love this image they've chosen for the ending here of the three girls, with all of
0: them with the scarf,
1: in the middle of a winter with big thick snowflakes. Which so again, good. camellia's bloom in winter.
0: Yeah, the flower that bloomed in wintertime. That's a an Utsuna episode title. Oh, yeah, you're yep. right.
1: Also notably. Ginkgo is in the center of the trio, which I love because she is the connecting point for both Lulu Ginko and has Kureha two, has two
0: hands. hands! Yeah.
1: So good. Like, very notably. Best three Yeah. Four. Yeah, Lulu and Kureha are only touching Ginkgo. They aren't touching each other. And now we get a flashback to Sunika attending the Lily Garden when it got destroyed. Uh-oh. She's approached
0: by. I don't remember her name. Mitsuko. Yep. As a bear, or bear girl. Who attacks Sumika and... Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom's on her. And now we know why she's a criminal bear.
1: Now we know why Ginkgo is a criminal. She watched it happen from behind a tree and didn't stop it.
0: Womp, womp. Yep. All right. The episode's about to play
1: again. Yeah. We better stop here. All right. So that was fun.
0: Tell me about why this is your favorite episode, Cass.
1: I, I mean, it, I think it's obvious from the way I was almost I mean, stumbling yeah. over you every time something happened on screen. <laughs> uh, I apologize. I'm oh no, apparently course. not sure where I fit into the new format, but it's uh, interrupting the main hosts.
0: That's okay, because I we don't really... The format here is real loosey-goosey. <laughs> you have a format? I'm glad to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, this is my favorite episode because, number one, it kind of cements a few things. First of all, it clears up for sure that Ginkgo did not kill Sumika. Yes. But she is a criminal bear. And it also kind of makes a lot of things about her make sense. Why she was feeling guilty even if she didn't kill Sumika. What her relationship to Kureha is. like, Which we've, we've known that for a little while. But like just how far back in some ways it goes. Because the book does not... We don't know for sure yet, but the book kind of makes it obvious. Ginkgo, at bare minimum, has been carrying this torch for Kureha for a lot longer than is easily apparent. Yeah. We get uh, one of my favorite scenes of Ginkgo being a goddamn hero, and we get actually some some of the best moments for Kureha as well. And more than anything, it's my favorite because of the, uh, the scene of setting the lily field on fire we really get to understand what's going on with this school and what a fucked place it is. Yeah. Long before people started dying to bear attacks. (laughs) This was a bad place where people died. Yeah. And I think that's really, really interesting. Like, I know that, um, because of earlier episodes of this actual podcast, uh, I got convinced that Alice and I needed to watch Suspiria, and I'm pretty sure the reason that there are visual backgrounds in the show referencing Suspiria. Is that Sub- Suspiria is about a school that kills talented young girls?
0: Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but that is the gist that I get of it.
1: It, it is, is a good movie. It. it is worth watching. It's I also know. like part of the
2: Iki Horror Extended Universe, so we probably need to do an episode on it. One
0: <laughs> yeah, day. we'll do. I like mean, a, actually,
2: we do.
1: We'll,
0: we do, actually it, we'll do. do Ikuni Book Club on Suspiria. Yeah, it'll be good.
1: But yeah, that, that's really the sum of it, is this is the episode that really aggressively, to me, shows off just how awful the Invisible Storm are. And this is also, the reason this episode made things click for me was not only were the Forest Girl, Moon Girl story part of this episode, and Ginkgo being cleared of murder in this episode. <laughs> uh, we also got my favorite active moment of the show, which is the bit where I... Dumb small me got, oh, that's why the invisible storm are the way they are. I'm sure, have you guys talked with Yasha and Vana about uh, the term atmosphere in Japanese?
0: I don't know.
1: It comes up once or twice in the Japanese script for this, and uh, one of the few reasons I'm sad that we had to watch the dub for to make this uh, recording work is we you don't get to hear it in English, I don't think? A common idiom in Japanese for someone who can't read a room, is this person can't feel the atmosphere. Ooh. Which, now that you know that, doesn't that kind of make the idea of calling your social exclusionary group that forces people into a specific social, you know, cast, the Invisible Storm, it makes so much more sense?
0: It does.
1: Yeah, that that was a name not chosen for no reason.
0: I hadn't really well, thought about yeah.
1: that
2: until just now.
0: Yeah. Huh. That is the
1: exact reason that's going on here. This is, the Invisible Storm is basically just social, targeted, they are the weight of society. Yeah. They are not necessarily the same weight as the Wall of Severance, but they are kind of a product of it in a lot of ways.
0: It's the way that girls, like, police each other's social behaviors. Exactly. in the real world. Literally. We, like, the patriarchy tricks women into policing each other.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, and I think it's very notable, in fact, that almost everyone in that group of women who we see burning the lily field has themselves done something that could get them excluded. Everyone's name is on that list.
0: It's similar to uh something that we watched right before doing this, Adventure Time Obsidian, with the glass people and yeah. how... Yeah they all have cracks and they, I guess, spoilers for Obsidian, sorry, but that's yeah. I'm not spoiling the most important part. All the glass people secretly have cracks that they're all hiding because they all uh, ostracize each other for having cracks if they're visible.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ostracization, ostracization, like, it feeds itself. It is self-perpetuating
0: mm-hmm. and, I mean, it,
2: that's and, and, kind of but, the thing that is... A, Self-perpetuating tragedy is kind of a thing in Ikihara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way in which we adjust poorly, we maladaptive ways that we sort of just inflict pain on ourselves again and again. Uh, Utsuna does it a lot of different ways. Irakuma kind of does it the social.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: And I think, like, in this particular case, you know, it's as you said, it's not only a self-perpetuating tragedy, it's also a tragedy that's self-perpetuating specifically because of the fear that anyone in that group could be the target if they don't all make agree to make someone the target. Note that the vote always has to be unanimous for it to work and they have ranked or choice orders. Mhm. You know, meaning that like there's a lot of pressure on whoever is number 2 on that list to vote for number 1. And Oh yeah. over and over again. And the thing is, like, why are there even ranked numbers there if it has to be a unanimous vote? It's because there's social pressure not to be that one name, and that creates that pressure in people. This is a tool of social self-policing. Yeah. You know, these people aren't just doing it because they're, you know, evil people in their hearts of hearts, but because they're scared, justifiably so, of each
0: other. hmm It's very sad. It's deeply sad.
1: yeah. Yeah. This is why it's my favorite episode. It's because the mechanics of all of that clicked for me this episode. This is kind of the skeleton key I use for reading the rest of Yurikuma.
0: Yeah. it sort of, it it starts to put things in perspective.
1: It's a,
2: Yeah, it is definitely a cypher through which the rest is kind of yeah, be read. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I really liked this episode. Yeah. Like, I've been pretty, I've been pretty, like, pretty happy with Yurikuma so far, but, like, this really just, Like at the end, I was just like, "Damn, I love those bears." I know, right? I love
1: them. I hope that those bears get out. Get out, okay?
0: I'm. I don't like that you said that because you know, you know the answers. I
1: do know the answers, and I will not be sharing nothing.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's funny now that there's
2: two people who have watched the whole show, (laughs) and we we outnumber you now.
0: (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> it's an insurrection i know right how
2: the turns have tabled
0: indeed <laughs> all right do we have any other thoughts about this episode yeah uh, i see you go ahead
2: no I was, uh, the one that i was really wanted to say was the um the folk story one because that's the big thing i did not know going through this the first time that adds a whole nother layer of meaning here
1: oh yeah well um yeah you're welcome for me finding that for you high five hell yeah Alice just like bent her head over and like headbutted my high five offer. It's what I do. <laughs> it, it is her way. Her ninja way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love when I love when Yuri Kuma leans into the fairy tale stuff. Like my other the other episode I really like is the one where you find out Ginko's backstory.
1: Yeah, yeah. That the fairy tale nature of the show is great for a lot of reasons. It's almost like Ikuhara just really has a fascination with fairy tales and using them to contextualize the way that people relate to each other.
0: Well, fairy tales are often used to impart moral lessons on children, and yeah. then, like, sometimes the moral lessons that were taught are actually kind of fucked up.
1: Yeah. I like that Yurikuma leans into the positive vibes of them more so than the yeah. negative ones, though, because... One of my favorite fairy tale quotes is actually from an essay by uh, G.K. Chesterton, which I'm sure Alice has already quoted on this show, or another one. And if she hasn't, she needs to right now. Oh, the dragons! Yes, you do it, girl.
2: Do it. Um, Children, how's it go? Children do don't read. um, They don't need fairy tales to tell them the dragons are real. They need fairy tales to tell them the dragons can be defeated.
1: Yeah.
0: Aw, I like that. Yeah.
2: It occurs to me that. So Ikuni is interested in the fairy tale, but also the sort of the, um, the role of the cultural myth and how mm-hmm. the stories that are just filtered down to us through culture kind of shape us. And you can kind of see this progression from, like, Uthana, where he is deeply, deeply distrustful of these stories, even as there is some sort of, like, nostalgic longing for them. And then you get to Yurikuma... And there's a lot more of an openness to the idea of these stories having value, where it's not guaranteed. But there's a, there's this sort of like the stories that we pass down as a culture do not have to teach these bad lessons. Uh-huh. And then you get to Sarazami, and like it just absolutely embraces that a hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's literally a story about the
0: kappa. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, like so that's where this fits into the. Uh... Ikuhara Cinematic Universe. Uh yes. A fairy tale um, mythopoic significance. But yeah, I, I don't think I really have that much more to say about this episode. I think I've covered my biggest things about it already with the atmosphere thing. Yes. Beyond that, just going like, for unrelated reasons, this makes me want to rewatch Gotcha Man Crowds again. <laughs> That's another good one, by the way.
0: Yeah, how many episodes is Yurikuma? Uh, it is, I believe, 12 or 13? 13, I think. All right, so we are at the halfway point. Yeah, this is the halfway point. How do you feel? I, okay, it's 12 episodes. I am, previously I was kind of just like floating along the river, like just letting Ikuhara like try to make his weird point in front of me. But like now I'm actively like excited to see where this is going. I feel like... Like, this has really hooked me in a little more and gotten me more invested, and I'm really looking forward to doing more episodes.
1: That's about the experience of me watching this show for the first
2: it time. It is all running downhill, full tail mo- momentum from here.
1: It is time for some, some We have run up
0: the guys. hill to make the deal with God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we will fall down the hill in order to, to hit the universe with it. I don't know. I needed an ending to that, and I, I just did not have one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. By the way, I'm stealing. We ran up. We ran up the mountain to make a deal with God. I'm stealing that. By the way,
0: oh, that's from uh that's from a Kate Bush song. Nice. Oh, hold on. Let me make sure I get the lyric right. Small
1: noise.
0: Yeah, it's or if if I only could make a deal with God, I'd get him to swap our places. Be running up that hill, running up that ro- road, running up that building. It's a good song. I'll, uh, I'll make you listen to it because I don't, I haven't mentioned that Alice and I and Alice and Cass and I are all in the same location right now. We're not, we're recording in separate rooms, but we're, we're both at my house right now.
1: We have to cross the, uh, the Great Highway in order to get married by getting our, uh, license signed by an official ordained minister.
0: I am an official ordained minister. So, uh...
2: I'm so proud of you for for being here.
0: Gays of the South, uh, holla at your girl if you need some my services. Alright. So, um, that's it for this episode, I think. I, uh, I love the, like, I... When I knew that I wanted to keep trying to do episodes, even though, like, Yasha and I have had to take some personal time, I could not possibly think of anyone else in the world other than Cassie to bring on to talk about Yurikuma, because I know that it is very near and dear to your heart, and I feel like you've said before that I, I think Sarah's Anmai is your new favorite, but Yuri Kuma is definitely, like, up there,
1: I would say that Sarazanmai and Yurikuma are honestly both my favorites, but they're very different. It's hard for me to directly compare them. because both the things for different I like reasons. Yurikuma, yeah, the things I like about Yurikuma and the things I like about Sarazanmai are not very easy things to map onto each other. Sarazanmai definitely appeals to the part of me that just absolutely loves Japanese live-action superhero shows. But yeah. uh, Yurikuma appeals to the part of me that just loves dumb girls being in love.
0: Yurikuma appeals to the part of you that is a lesbian.
1: Yes, Ginko is very much the dumbest girl in the most love, and that is why she's the best character.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: I like Utena
2: the best, because Utena is the closest to my aesthetic, and it has a sword.
1: It has several swords. Yeah, Alice is like the sword lesbian, and I'm the bear lesbian. I
2: do, however, really like- I don't know why, but Kurio having a god in Yurikuma really does it for me. And that's all my thoughts that I have in my brain.
1: Alice is the weapon lesbian and I'm the bear lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Cow cow, motherfucker.
0: Cow All Alright, well, listeners, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanada. Alice, where can people find you online?
2: Uh, They can find me online at Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F.
0: And Cass, I know that you don't really social media, and we've talked about Big Steppy. Is there anything else you want to plug, or do you want to just tell people a little more about Big Steppy?
1: Uh, I think I just want to tell people more about Big Steppy, which you can find the official Twitter for on at SteppyCast. That's S-T-E-P-P-Y-C-A-S-T.
2: I post things, and I also retweet pictures of stills of the Gundam animes.
1: Um, If you would like
2: that to happen on your timeline.
1: Yes, uh, which you do, and you should. So, as a quick intro, Big Steppy is Alice and I's new podcast. Uh, We have just (laughs) released our pilot episode at time of recording, and we'll soon be releasing our episode one, as it were. Uh, Our pilot episode is on a moment from the original Mobile Suit Gundam called The Bright Slap. I think you'll like it. And the follow-up is... A retrospective on the first Mobile Suit Gundam compilation movie. Uh, Big Steppy as a podcast is not just about Gundam, it's about real robot in general, but we will be doing a lot of Gundam content because it, it's kind of alone in its you know, significance <laughs> to that term even existing.
0: Yeah, I so, uh, love yeah. it.
1: Yeah, go go listen to us there. Yes. You will hear me on worse audio, yes. but with more script. Sometimes. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> sure, more,
0: so more planned than sure, us. So
1: I was making a reference to
2: the what's the name, Wazia or whatever, and I realized that no one's get though. Anyway. I, think <laughs> I it's get not. it.
0: I get your joke. I'm glad that you get my jokes. Alright, and listeners, if you would like to support this show, you can do that on Patreon. You can find us pretty much, you can find the link to our Patreon pretty much anywhere you can find us on the internet. It, we are very close to our next goal, which will allow Alice to make me watch Wolf's Reign. And I'm pretty excited about the possibility of that. So oh. everyone, please keep that in mind, if that is something that you would like... To experience in podcast form. Uh, please help you my can wife, don- Awoo. Donate to the Patreon. Yes, please help Cass's wife, Awoo. <laughs> All right. And uh we have a Tumblr that I don't really use very much except to reblog fan art. uh That's a And if you would like to get in touch with us, if you would like to come on an episode of this show to talk about, I mean, mostly Utana, but also Yuri Kuma, or in the future Penguin Drum, you can email us at imaginemeanutena at gmail dot com, and I think that that's it. I don't remember what our sign-off is, I think we just say gow gow, so. Gow, gow. Alright, I'm gonna count to three, and we're all gonna say gow gow at the same time. Alright, you ready? Okay. Oh, One, two, three. Gow gow! gow.
2: gow. Also, legalize a Woo! <laughs>
0: for the <laughs>